Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week I bring you stories that will inspire you, educate you, and give you hope. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, your global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler. Today, my guest is April Masak and her son, Nathan Johnson. In a previous episode, I sat down and interviewed Sue Thu, the communications manager for Vitalent, and we talked about how important it is to give blood and where it actually goes. And today, we have the journey of one young man who he has to have infusions for the rest of his life. Please help me welcome my guests, April Masak and Nathan Johnson. Welcome, guys. Hello, thank you for having us. Look, you can see yourself on the screen, my friend. You say hi, Nate. Hmm. <laughs> so Nate's probably gonna be a little shy for now, but we'll hope that he opens up so we can ask him what it's like to be a kid and his favorite things to do. So April, being mom, you're on this journey with Nathan also, but it started when? Because I understand that he has to have blood transfusions for the rest of his life. Yes, Nathan has uh, blood transfusions every month. He receives um, two bags of blood, actually, every month. So he's eight. When did you find out that he was going to need this? Uh, when he was three, three months old. In January... 2015, we took him to the emergency room because he was looking really jaundice-like. And I also noticed that his belly was really extended. So I took him to an, into his pediatrician and they said, we'll call you later with his blood test. And they called me later, later that night at around 11.30. And they said, uh, Nathan's hemoglobin is a four. You need to take him to Phoenix Children's Hospital right now um, because his heart could stop. And I literally, his dad and I walked into the hospital and I said his hemoglobin's a four and they took us right back. And What is it supposed to be? It should be anywhere between like 15 to like 17.5. Oh, wow. Is a normal hemoglobin. Okay. So if like, especially if you're older, if your hemoglobin drops down to a four or three, likely you'll become incapacitated because you're not getting oxygen into your vital organs. Okay. So Nathan is the second person in medical literature with his diagnosis. Um, it's a rare genetic disorder. So his bone marrow produces an abnormal red blood cell and then it breaks apart in circulation and the spleen also recognizes it as foreign. So it's attacking itself essentially. So a couple years ago, Nathan had a partial splendectomy to try to reduce the rate of blood transfusions. So they removed 85% of his spleen and it's grown back completely. So that's it's grown back. Yes. So he actually went like almost a year with like no blood transfusions after he had like 88 or something like that. Um, and then they, his hemoglobin started to drastically decline again. So now we're back to every four weeks he's getting a blood transfusion, which is great and it saves his life. And I'm thankful so much for it. But at the same time, it's a double-edged sword for Nathan because it causes iron overload in his body. Which means what? Which means um, it can harden the organs and cause other issues as he gets older. Okay, so him being an active, how old are you again? What's your favorite thing to do? Mm, play basketball with my cousin. Ah, so that means you're exerting a lot of energy, moving around. Fun to do. Do you get tired easily? Is that part of the um, 
Yeah, he gets, so he's due to go get blood on Monday, April 17th, and that will be his 112th blood transfusion, and that's just the ones I've counted. Because sometimes he, rather than receiving, receiving one unit of blood, some, now that he's getting bigger and he weighs more, he's requiring more blood. So not just one bag, but two bags. So as he gets older, it's probably going to be more because his body's going to grow and it's also going to require uh, more. Yes, yes, oh. for sure. So that's why I like to encourage people to keep donating blood because it keeps people like my son alive. Blood does save lives, without a doubt. So Nathan, you like to play basketball. And if you start feeling tired, is that when you say it's time to take a break or what do you do? I um, sit down and drink water. Does that help you hydrate you or give you energy? What's it do? Help me like, like give me energy and stuff, kind of. Do you get lightheaded sometimes, being that you, no? Okay. So does he have to take any caution when he's extra uh, So active? he doesn't, um, he doesn't, uh, right now, um, Annually, they'll check him for osteoporosis just because children that are transfusion dependent often develop issues with their bones. Um, his thyroid doesn't function anymore, so he's on a thyroid medication to help his thyroid function. And so he does see an endocrinologist um, every six months to make sure that, you know, that he's developing properly and he's growing and, you know, he develops into a teenager properly and, uh -oh. and stays healthy. But you're eight, you got a ways to go, right? And so we just take it one day at a time, right, Nate? Do you feel different? Like, because you have this that you have to deal with, or you have to have to, to, to stay alive and for the rest of your life, do you feel different than the other kids around you? Kinda, but not really. So you don't think about it? Mm-hmm. No? You're just a kid and having fun, right? Mm -hmm. So is there anything that the school has to be aware of that if, for instance, he gets overexerted on something? Yeah, so Nathan actually has um, a 504 plan, so he is able to go take naps as needed when he gets really tired. Mm -hmm. um, the teacher, I communicate with her and we discuss, like, you know, if Nathan did good all morning and then he usually goes to lunch and she said usually he'll look really fatigued after lunch and he'll like rest his head and sometimes take a nap for an hour. Mm -hmm. um, but he's, he has the ability to go take a nap. It's just, I think in a social group setting, it can be kind of embarrassing for him to ask to go take a nap because of the questions his peers ask him and the things that he has to deal with on a psychological level and on an emotional level. So you talk about the psychological and the emotional being mom, and you found out when he was how old again? Three months old. Three months old, he's now eight. Tell me about the journey you had to go through with not knowing, which we all wanna have control of knowing, but we don't usually, we don't know. When, yeah, Nathan spent um, seven days in the hospital, and we were actually discharged from Phoenix Children's Hospital without an actual diagnosis. And so it wasn't until he was about three and a half, four years old, um, they actually put him in a research study with Cincinnati Children's Hospital. And they that's who discovered that he has something along the lines of dehydrated somatocytosis phenotype. 
And so um, I've given them permission to study his blood and his bone marrow. And um, the next step in all of this is hopefully removing his spleen at some point to see if that will slow down the rate of blood transfusions. Mm -hmm. But it's been a long journey. I feel like going to the hospital is part of his life. But now that he's getting older, it's it takes away from his playtime and his time with his friends and his cousin and basketball. And so sometimes it's difficult, right, Nate? We have times where he doesn't want to get out of the car or go inside. And he says it's annoying that he has to go to the doctor. So, <laughs> what kid doesn't think it's annoying? So when you say it's annoying, is it because it's taking away that time mom just said? Or is it because you just get tired of being poked and prodded? And I don't like it when we're driving there, but when we get there, I like it. So what, what's the special part that you like once you get there? I get to um, like play games on an iPad and go to the cafeteria. Okay. So I don't know if I ask you or if I ask Nathan, what is the actual process when he goes there? So it's, I have to take the whole day off work and Nathan usually misses a day of school because we usually get there around 8.30, 9 a.m. Um, we have to go into uh, to get his pokey. So they'll do like his blood pressure, his height and his weight, and then he'll get his blood drawn. And if we think that he needs blood, then they'll leave an IV in. Um, if I'm thinking maybe he doesn't need a blood transfusion just yet, we can wait a couple more weeks, then they'll just do a poke and they won't leave an IV in. Um, but for the most part, every time we go, he gets blood. So this is every month? Every month. Uh, like every like clockwork, weeks. it's the exact same every 30 days? Or like you just said? Yeah, so like he'll go April 17th and then uh, his next appointment after that would be May 10th. So like a little shy, three and a half, four weeks, give or take. Um, and then I can just tell that his hemoglobin, like he'll get super pink and he'll be hyper. And then it will slowly just, I'll just start to see like a decline and his eyes will slowly turn yellow like he has jaundice and his energy will slowly and I feel like he struggles with waking up in the morning for school for sure when he's feeling fatigued and his hemoglobin's getting low. Okay so when you're in there are you feeling tired? I mean you're getting poked. I don't like getting poked. I like it. Oh, you got tough skin, tough veins? He doesn't even cry no more. He's so tough. No. Honey. So you already know it's time to go do it again. So let's get the get the uh, the, the mindset in there that we're just going to play on an iPad or play some games and just do what they have to do to make sure I can stay healthy. Yeah. Tell her what something cool the hospital got that you get to play on. Oh. Remember what they had? The Xbox on wheels and the Switch. What? To pass the time. So yeah, we go into get the pokey and then we have to go sit in a room and wait for the doctor. And then the doctor will come in and give Nathan his checkup, feel his belly, um, ask him if he's experiencing any pain. And then when his hemoglobin uh, results come in, then that's when they decide how much blood he'll need. And then we have to usually wait about an hour for the blood to come from the blood bank. And so that's when we usually go get lunch. And, and that's the cafeteria you were talking about, Nate? We kind of make a little, you know, ritual out of it and something that we do together. And I try to make it as normal as possible for him. So, so tell easy. me, you said that he has to have this for the rest of his life. 
are there any concerns that you have that in the middle of the night or something will change what you're used to as a clockwork kind of routine of getting blood or anything that has a concern about his health or his uh, not waking up or, or something else happening? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, when his hemoglobin gets low, he develops like a murmur and his blood pressure usually becomes elevated. So I'm just worried about the longevity of it. And I really think that every single day is a gift. And there's, you know, we worry about things on like social media or things we can't control. And we should really be just focused on the present and just grateful for like every day that we're given. And I truly believe that. So in any of this testing and the doctors say, you've already said, you've emphasized that he has to have these transfusions for the rest of his life. Does that taste good? <laughs> um, have they said anything about what, what happens if he doesn't get these transfusions on a regular basis? You've already talked about the process of going to the hospital, how many times he has to have it, and as he gets older, it's going to increase. Has there been something that said that if he doesn't have these, what will happen? Um, if he doesn't have blood transfusions, um, his hemoglobin will so slowly um, diminish and um, he would eventually be unalive. Wow. What do you think about that, Nathan? Not being able to play basketball, look at yourself on the camera and be goofy. Do you ever think about not being here if you don't get those transfusions? Never. Sometime, remember you were asking me about heaven the other day? No. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. For eight years old, you're already asking about heaven, huh? Does mm. it scare you to think that you might have to think about not being here? Mm-mm. No? Sounds like you have a good life and you have fun. We do have fun, honey. We play basketball and we go swimming and you go ride your skateboard and your bicycle and you have fun with your friends and your cousin huh we make the best out of every single day even on days when Nate doesn't feel like going to school so I know you do speaking engagements for Vitalent what do you encourage everyone in your speech because I know it's not just about Nathan because you've had your own story which we it's okay honey um, which we don't need to get into, but you know that there are other people out there that are needing these transfusions and how important it is. What do you express to everyone when you do these speeching engagements? I just really emphasize on the importance of human connection and that, you know, we see superheroes on TV and we watch these movies and stuff when the real superheroes are each other, like, we literally can save other people with our, our own two hands. Um, the question is, who's willing to do it? Very true. Because someone says they're scared of a needle. There's a lot of those who weren't so scared, or maybe were, and now we have a young man who gets to benefit from someone being that hero. Do you think someone who, who makes sure that you have blood every month that you don't even know is a hero? Yeah? They don't have to have a cape, do they? They don't have to have the name Superman. Do you have a superhero that you like? Who's it? Tell, tell her who your favorite basketball player is that you really like. 
What is his name? Devin Booker, I think. Isn't his that's name? That's my second. Oh, that's your second. Who's the first one? <laughs> Who's the first one? I don't remember. Lamelo Ball. Say what's his name? Lamelo Ball. Hmm. I'll have to look him up. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. Hornets. The Hornets. Okay. Okay. So Nathan, what's your feeling about all of this? People you don't know are making sure that you get to have another day every day with mom and your cousins and any, anybody else you want to share that with. What does that make you feel like? Mm, no. Well, if you didn't have it, you wouldn't be here. Does it make you happy? Kind of. How about special? Because mm. there's people that don't know you. I might be one, I might have been one of those people. I don't know. Once they take the blood, I don't know where it goes. Think about that. So with him having that, he'll never be able to do any sort of, um, I mean, it sounds like a given, but I asked the questions. He'll never be able to donate blood. He'll never be able to do no. anything that has to do with, you said, being a hero and saving someone else's life. Right. And so that's why I feel like that's where human engagement and human connection comes in because, I mean, someone like Nathan can never donate blood to someone. If anything, he's going to need it for the rest of his life. And I really depend on people to donate blood so he can receive blood. I mean, could you imagine going to the hospital to get a blood transfusion and they're like, sorry, come back next week. Um, we don't have any blood. And that's what I was talking to Sue on um, with Vitalant is there's a shortage, like I think she said 20% down, but to, to think that, no, I'm sorry, you have to come back isn't an option. Right. By no means is it an option. Right. And I mean, if it was your brother or sister or your parent, would you be willing to step up to the plate and get poked? If my eight-year-old son can be poked <laughs> over a hundred times, <laughs> us grown-ups can step up and and do the greater good for humanity at the end of the day. And I, I truly believe that if more of us mm -hmm. could find that space to be more human and just take time out of our busy days to do something small like that, it mm -hmm. literally changes someone's whole life. Well, it changes yours too because you, re you depend on that so that he can have his every day. <laughs> can I just be you guys? Just us? Yeah, Just us? I want to go play basketball. So I have a final question because it sounds like someone is ready to go already. Um, maybe basketball's calling or this cup of M&M's that he hasn't been able to eat because it will crunch in the microphone. Well, first of all, do your friends know that you have to have blood to stay alive? No. Okay. He doesn't like the, He doesn't like his friends to know. He doesn't... He's like, I don't want to talk about it, Mom. Okay. Don't talk about it. And that's fair enough. But as you get older, it might be something that will come about. Because okay. you might meet someone else that might have that same condition. You don't know. And then you'll understand. So I have this final question. Um, not so much maybe Nathan, but we'll see. He's only eight. So this question is this. If I only had one question to ask someone to know what they're all about besides playing basketball and eating M&Ms, it would be this. Um, I'm going to ask you first, April. What message would you like to leave everyone based on your journey of your life? My message that I would like for everyone to know is that 
We are way more resilient than we realize. We are way more powerful than we realize. And if more people would find their community and make human engagement and human connections and, and do what's right and just for the people you love, you know, life is very unpredictable and it can be very painful at times. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's the beauty of being human. Nathan, you're silly. <laughs> it's very true. So Nathan, I have the same question for you. Do you remember what the question was? I know you're only eight, so you haven't had a whole lot of life experience. But what would you like to tell everybody? What kind of message would you like to leave everybody with what you deal with every day? Mm, no. No? I don't know. You don't know? What about being thankful that you're able to get blood so you can play all the basketball and go to all the basketball games? How about this? I'm going to rephrase this, make it maybe easier. What if your cousin or one of your friends came to you and had the same thing that you have to deal with as far as making sure you have blood? How would you encourage them or make them feel comfortable knowing that they have this? What would you tell them? You would be their superhero. What would you tell them? Don't be scared. Why do you say that? Don't. Don't be scared. Is that because they're going to be okay? Yeah. Even if it's a need, I can't hear you, honey. Lift your head up, baby. I think that's a very brave message, Nathan. Don't be 100%. scared. Yeah. Don't be scared. I feel like life, I always tell my kids, life is on the other side of fear. And we can't live in fear. And I, I feel... Basketball <laughs> I feel like a, a lot of people live in fear and they live behind that fear when things will happen, the people we love may get sick, maybe, you know, you never know. And don't let that hold you back from living life because life is happening right now. <laughs> thank you for being a good participant. Yes, and thank you for being up here, even though I know it was a struggle, you did well. Thank you for being my guest today. You're the third kid under the age of 10, but the only boy. So thank you, giving me some experience. And I get a perspective from a child's eyes what it's like to go through something that I don't know what it's like. That's why I asked you, what would you tell someone who's going through that, especially if it was me sitting here or someone you cared about? What if it was Gabriel, Nate? What would you tell Gabe? That's all right. Okay. All right. Was there anything else that you wanted to share that I didn't ask as, a, as far as a message or encouragement? No, I, I just, I love what you're doing and I really do think that you give people hope. I really do. Thank you. I wasn't and expecting that. That's what I want to do through stories with you guys. I'm just the person that asks the questions. Yeah, and, and I, we need people like you because I feel like we can get so caught up in all the negative stuff that's going on in our world and there's just so much unknowns, you know, and we, that's what humans need more of is more hope because there's a greater good in all of this. And I'm grateful every single day for 
every Vitalant person, every person that's advocating for blood drives, anyone that's talking about the blood drive that's going on next week or high schools that are hosting blood drives. I mean, you're literally keeping my son here with me so he can, he can keep, me, keep me busy, huh, Nathan? Well, and this is why I do what I do because like the news will give you whatever the story is, but no one knows what happens. And you talk about the blood drives. People hear about the blood drives, they go, myself, I do the donation, but then I go one, two, three, four steps further to say, what happens after that? Sit down, please. I can't see, I can't see mom. Then I go, what goes after that? So someone can say, this is why I did it. Or this is what happened to this person, that they did have life after that, or something did change their lives, but they still can live life as best as they can as their new norm, right? This yeah, is, most this definitely. This is his norm. This is your norm. Yeah, most mm -hmm. definitely. Mm -hmm. And there's, I mean, there's, we go to a place where we see children with cancer and, and, you know, my perspective when I look at things is like, I'm grateful it's this and not a terminal illness. I can't imagine the parents that have to face those struggles, you know? So everyone truly is fighting a battle that we may know nothing about. And the least we can do is donate blood and, and um, try to be there for other people because it could be any one of us. I really, I really believe that. Thank you. Thank you for that message. And thank you, Nathan, for being a guest today. He's ready to play basketball and eat his M&Ms. <laughs> yeah, he is. Thank you, Nathan. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, your global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler. If you have a story you want to share, know someone who has a story to help someone else through their journey, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. And if you'd like to be a sponsor, you can also email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care.